welcome to the Learning Through Grace podcast. We're just three guys with a Bible learning through grace. I'm Alan. I'm Tyler. And I'm Derek. All right, guys, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite parables. You can find it in Matthew 20. It's the only place in the Gospels where the parable is talked about. It's called the parable. Well, in my Bible, it's called the parable of the workers in the vineyard, but I've also just heard it called the parable of the vineyard. And I'm going to paraphrase it. I just read a book called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, and there's a little section in there when you when you come to a parable, you should try to put it into like today's context, into today's world. Um, so I'm going to try to do that with this parable, and then we'll kind of talk about the implications of the of the parable. So envision me and Tyler, we're out in the vineyard. We've agreed to work all day long for twenty dollars or whatever. Well, let's go a little higher than that, Tyler. We're we're worth a little more than twenty dollars. I so. sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler and I are getting a thousand dollars for working all day outside, cutting the bushes um, near Derek's house. So me and Tyler were outside all day long, sweating, breaking our backs, working to get that thousand dollars at the end of the day. Well, an hour before quitting time, Derek shows up. And he starts doing the work, and he just works for an hour. And then at the end of the day, when it's time for payday, we go to the boss or whatever, and I get $1,000 because I worked all day. He gives Tyler $1,000. He's worked all day. And then Derek comes up with his hand, and the boss gives him $1,000. And so me and Tyler are sitting there like, hey, 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 we worked all day long doing this work. We agreed for this payment. We should be getting what's what's coming to us. Why is he, Derek, getting the same amount as us? And this is the part where I'm not going to take it into my words, but I'm going to use Christ's words because this is kind of the same same uh, scenario. It says, this is the master, the boss. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. And this parable is so important, and this parable is so powerful to me, because we need to keep this in mind when we're thinking of people's salvation, and we're thinking of um, you know, people coming to Christ. You know, I guess what I'm asking is, like, how do I wrestle with that, and how do I come to terms with the fact that, you know, Alan is getting Christ's grace, not because of the work that I've done, but because of the grace he is freely giving, and all are deserving of that if they choose to accept it. So that's kind of where I where I'm at with that. Know that I know I'm a terrible person for feeling that way, <laughs> uh, but how do I wrestle with that, and how do I get better at that? I don't think you're terrible. I think you're human. I think it's a it's a beginning place to think about, it, right? Like Christ obviously thinks about a certain way. He's Christ. Um, we're trying to be that, but we're imperfect, and we're going to struggle with things. I I kind of want to take your question and point to the extreme because you're kind of talking like you know, Joe Schmo next door kind of becomes Christian after I've seen him do some bad things or whatever. But I kind of want to take it to the extreme. I, I, I'm going to share an example, and we don't have to talk about the specific example, but um, my father and I, who is a Christian, he's an elder at our church, the most heated conversation the two of us have ever had in our life. And I, I would say that the two of us don't get upset very often. We don't get angry. It's not an emotion that I think comes supernaturally to us. Um, we're more likely to just keep it inside than to show it out, which isn't a healthy thing in the long run. But, um, the night Osama bin Laden died, 
huge fanfare, right? The country was celebrating. People were posting all the stuff on Facebook and it's early days of Facebook. Uh, I'm a wrestling fan. I remember John Cena coming on screen to say like, we got him. And like, there's this huge celebration, like baseball games were cheering, like baseball games were getting postponed because people were applauding it. And people like the players were like, what's happening. Uh, I think it was the Mets game, total side point, but I think it was the Mets were like up to bat and like losing and the crowd starts going nuts. And the batter's just like, why are people going nuts? We're getting killed. (laughs) Um, I could be wrong on the team, but I, I remember the, the visual of it, but we got into a heated argument because my dad was celebrating that Osama bin Laden was dead. And me being the hot-headed high schooler that wanted to be right and prove like I know everything was like very I don't disagree with some of my feelings at the time. I disagree with the way I handled it and my father and I have talked about that over the years and we're fine. I we hang out all the time. We watch football every weekend. It obviously didn't kill our relationship, but I was very adamantly against that because I said that shouldn't be the Christian reaction. Yes, Osama bin Laden did a lot of things we consider evil. I mean, if you look through his history, not a great track record as a human, much less Christian values, right? Um, But to me, it was a problem because we as Christians were celebrating the death of someone that we know, I'm going to say we know, 99.99% sure this man was not a believer of Christ, did not follow Christ, and was now dead and had no chance to turn his life to Christ. And I don't want to get in. People have very strong feelings about Osama bin Laden for the right, understandable reasons. Like there was a lot of bad that happens. We're not talking about him, but I'm, just this extreme example, right? Someone that of that level, as a Christian, should our response be celebrating that he's gone, or mourning that that's another soul that didn't have the chance to get to know Christ and go to heaven? No, that's a great point. You know, it's a great point. I know that's something that we've talked about before is, is, you know, that conversation you had with your dad, because I remember I was at the church building when we heard, and we all turned on the news and we saw that, you know, he had, he had been killed by, by SEAL Team 6 and all those things. And your human reaction, you know, was you are happy that that has been like that evil of the world has been taken out. But then you start to think about it from like, not the earthly side, but the heavenly side of it, like what is God thinking on the throne at the moment that that Osama bin Laden has been killed? He's, he's not rejoicing that he's been killed. He's rejoicing that he didn't get one of his children to come to him. Um, and that can be sometimes a hard thing for us to think of. Um, you know, especially we're Americans and we saw him as an, as an enemy, but that's not exactly how Christ tells us to view the world is, we we have no enemies but Satan, and our job is to to get everybody to come to to Christ and to come to um, to the Father. Um, you know, Peter talks about um, God wants no man to perish, but to have each have everlasting life, and that should be our goal too. And Osama bin Laden is a is a great example because we all know we all know people who were ecstatic that the U.S. got him, but then, like you're saying. That's tough. We know where he is. We know what his life is now. It's not great. And so how do we how do we deal with that? And it's kind of like what this parable is, you know. Now, of course, we don't, to my knowledge, I don't think Osama bin Laden, Osama bin Laden came to Christ when he heard the helicopter land at his, at his pad. We don't know. We don't know, though. He Don't be shocked if he's up there. 
Because what are you going to say to God? Why is he here? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the Jeffrey Dahmer situation. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer did all those horrible things to those men. But then at the very end, he comes to Christ. And I know um, I've talked to people and I, I've brought that up. You know, hey, well, Jeffrey Dahmer was baptized and became a believer. You know, he's probably going to be in heaven. And they're like, there's no way he's going to be in heaven because of everything he did. It's like, well... This is the whole purpose of the gospel. This right. is the whole purpose of grace. Going back to what Christ says, it's my money. It's my grace. It's my heaven. I'll give it out to whomever I want to give it out to. Um, worry about yourself, you know? Part of me wonders, is he laying the groundwork for Paul? Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, we talk about Osama Law, We talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. You can fill in the blank of person. There are people in heaven that when Paul showed up, were probably stunned. There's people in heaven that Saul, when Paul was Saul, killed. Yeah, like he killed people. Imagine Stephen and yeah. him meeting on the on the on the gates of gold. <laughs> How did you get up here? Right. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> yeah, like there. You want to talk about like a biblical example of this happening? I mean, Saul was considered the worst of the worst by a lot of people, and if he had died as Saul. There are a lot of people, there are probably apostles and disciples that would have celebrated because it was a terrible time to be a Christian because of him. Like he was one of the main reasons people were in hiding. And am I going to tell them they're wrong for celebrating? I'm going to say it's human. And I, I do think it's okay to celebrate like evil being gone from the world in a way. But if you can also keep in sight that there's also a soul that was lost here. And I mean, Thank goodness that Saul didn't die as Saul and he converted and became Paul. Because, I mean, half the New Testament doesn't exist without that happening. Um, I think of it as is it's never too late to turn your life to Christ. You know, you never, it is never too late. And um, an example of this is when Jesus is on the cross and he looks at the at the guy next to him, you know, and he goes and the guy says, I believe you. And he goes, your eternal life will be in heaven with me. You know, I mean, the man was on the cross next to Christ. You know what I mean? And he is in heaven with Christ because he believed, you know, it's, it's never too late to turn your, your life to Christ. So if you're listening to this episode and you don't know Christ, know that Christ loves you. You're, you can have done terrible things. I mean, look at, Jeffrey Dahmer, what he did. And look at name other person that turned life to Christ. You know what I mean? But it is never too late. You can always give your life to Christ by being baptized uh, for the remission of your sins. That's why, that's what we're here, you know, for. And I think forgiveness plays a big part in that, right? Absolutely. Christ is forgiving them, but he's setting an example for us. Like in this parable, he's talking about, why are you worried about that? Right. You should be excited that they're getting a chance at the same thing you are. Correct. Um, Alan, you may be able to help me fill in the gaps here, but there was a student from Harding um, who there was a situation where a, a cop went in the wrong apartment. I, I may be fuzzy on some of the details, but shot and killed him by accident. Correct. And one of the most powerful things I've seen in recent years is at the like sentencing, that guy's family, who have every right to hate this person, of every right to have like 
I should say human right to society would say it totally normal for them to want to kill this person, for them to want to see this person fry to all of these and see the worst thing happen because of what they did to their family by taking away their family member. But that's not what we see happen. And why like there were so many videos that went viral is I believe it was his brother, like asked the judge and said, Hey, can I approach her and give her a hug? Can I approach her and let her know I forget if it was him or somebody else in the family, but someone's like saying a statement to her and is like, we forgive you because Christ forgives you. We want you to know the love of Christ the same way that our brother did. We want you to accept Christ and get to know him. And we love you and we forgive you. And man, I don't know if I was in that situation, I could do the same thing. But to me, they're doing what we're talking about in this parable, right? Like their brother got taken from them. And this person showing up, and they could choose to just ostracize them, hate them, whatever. They're saying, I don't care when you come to Jesus. I don't care what that road looks like, but I love you, and I want to be there for you. And, like, if they can do that, who am I to judge anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I remember what you're, the, the story you're referring to, and it's a powerful scene. I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. Um where he's just forgiving and the tears are flowing in that courtroom because this is such a uh, a different scene that we see. You know, the world is very vengeful. We would expect the family to want the death penalty on that that woman who, who took out that, that man. But that's not what we see. We see the love of Christ prevailing. Um, and in this story, we see the love of Christ prevailing. We see the grace and the, and the mercy of God coming through. And I think you made a great point about like the thief on the cross, Tyler. Like it's never too late. Yeah. Um, that's for God's side, not for us, right? right? I, I think of my father who has worked in a nursing home for thirty some odd years and has stories of people on their deathbed saying, "Look, I realize I messed up and that I need Christ," and have asked for Christ in baptism in their dying days and. Can they always get baptized? No. It's, sometimes someone is medically just not in a situation where my dad can be like, oh, yeah, let's go dunk this person. Like, the nurses are going to step and be like, sir, that's not happening. Right. Um, but he has, I mean, taken a pitcher of water and dumped it over her head or prayed with them. And um, he believes, and I believe with him, like, God is God. And if right. they truly were in a place where they are accepting him, it doesn't matter what the last 70 years were. What matters to God is that last moment of accepting him and being fully believed in him and who am I to judge that I've lived this way my whole life versus them living it for 10 minutes. That's God's thing, not ours. I mean, he knows our heart. Yeah. I mean, he knows our heart. You know what I mean? He knows what we believe. Even if you've been baptized, I mean, you can be baptized and be a terrible person. You know what I mean? So he knows our heart. He knows what we feel and how we respond to him. And that, that's a simple, that's a lot of people argue. Some people argue, well, you have to be baptized to go to heaven. I believe that you need to be baptized to go to heaven. Don't let me say we're not, I'm not saying that, but there are circumstances like Derek just said that that's not physically possible. If Christ didn't tell the thief on the cross, right? Yeah, I'd love to have you in paradise with me today, but you're kind of nailed to a cross, so we don't really have a way. Hey, guard, can you Get can you go down. lower him right. some water real quick? Like, Christ didn't put this caveat of, I would love to have you. He just says, no, you'll be with me. Right, exactly. I mean, that is the number one example that you can use. He knows our heart. So that's 
That's all I'm going to... I'll end with that. He knows our heart. Yeah, that's the good news. Christ makes all things new. Um, you may not have accepted him. Whenever you choose to accept him and take him in the waters of baptism, you become a new thing. And you get the, the stamp of God on you and you get the Holy Spirit. And all the, the things you've done in your past, they're washed away and you're credited with Christ's righteousness. This has been Learning Through Grace. I've been Alan. That's been Tyler. That's been Derek. Uh, you can catch us on all social media that we are on. You can also listen to the podcast wherever podcasts are found.